Father in heaven, we love you, we honor you, we bless you, and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us in such a a wonderful and a great way. Everybody who names the name of Jesus has had that experience and and, uh, awakening to the reality of Christ. And it's such a great awakening, Father. And it continues every time we meet with you. We thank you for this meeting time that we have. And we bless you that we are going to receive everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So I thought we would pick up where we left off, uh, was it last Sunday? We were talking about uh, your word, uh, the living word. <clears throat> amen. Is that what we did last Sunday? Thank you, the living word. And we will pick up there. Praise God. Uh, Psalm 119.50 says that your word preserves my life. And we, we spoke of that we have a, a great example in the Bible. Caleb and Joshua talk about preservation of life. When they went over and saw the promised land, remember the story, uh, uh, more than almost 90% of the guys that went over, there were 12 spies, one from each tribe. So God makes it fair. You, you choose who you want to send and they will represent your whole group of people. And so 10 of the spies went over there and confirmed what God said. They confirmed everything God said. And when God has you, when he reveals anything to us, it's not for us to find fault with it, critique it, try to uh, poke holes in it, or criticize it, or pull it down. It's for us to confirm the word. Amen. It's for instance, if he tells you you're healed, you are to confirm that by a witness in your spirit and accept in the realm of the spirit that that word is true, no matter what you see in the natural. When you look in the natural, you're a, you're subject to see anything. Amen? Because your mind really sets up how you see things, whether you know it or not. You're not evaluating things based on anything other than what your mind tells you. You can see, you and I can look at the same thing and I interpret it one way and you interpret another. You all know that. We come from different frames of reference. We come from different uh, attitudes. Some of us have very strong preconceived ideas about things and it's very, very difficult for us to change our minds or change our perceptions of things. And that's why the Word of God is so powerful because it's sharper then it cuts away the flesh and the nonsense and the deception and all of that stuff, and it gets down to the marrow, the real truth, the root of what what really is real and what's not real. And so these uh, 12 spies went over to look at the land, and God told them what they were going to see before they went over there. I mean, how wonderful is that? God tells you already, so he gets them interested by telling them what's going to happen. The same thing he does with us in his word. He gets us interested. If you're sick and you look in the Bible by his stripes, you are healed. You get interested in that word. You get interested in you. This intrigues you. Oh, God, you mean to tell me I don't have to die? That's what happened to Brother Hagin. He began to read the Bible, and he saw in there, he said, every time I looked in there, it I 
had the thought, I don't have to die. He said, I just didn't know how to make it happen. Amen. And so this is what God does with us with his holy word. It gets a, it's the hook to get us on the line. Once you're on the line, you can reel it in with your faith. Amen. And so when we understand that, that we are to confirm his word. We're not to argue it. We're not to, to, uh, uh, refute it or try to discuss it to death, but we are to receive that word as holy and sacred and for us and alive and powerful and it will come to pass if we hold on and believe it. And so once you get an understanding of what the word is all about, then you can learn how to work with God's word, how to how to hide it in your heart, how to obey all the scriptures related to the word of God. And so when these 12 spies went over, they all came back and confirmed that they saw exactly what God says was there. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. They even brought back samples of the fruit from that land. They had a cluster of grapes that had to be carried between two men with a staff between their shoulders. Grapes were big as watermelons over there. And they saw all of that. And then two of the spies said, let's go now because we're well able to take it. And this was God's heart. They were speaking, but then they got shouted down by 10 of them that said, them people are so big, they'll get us. See, one of them stayed in the spiritual realm with what they saw and their decision. The other 10 were flipped from the spirit over to the natural. And it, it happens just like that sometimes. And so what do we do? We constantly feed on the word so we don't keep flipping from the spirit to the natural. Once you get over in the spirit and receive something from God, stay over in there. Amen? But now nah, we start listening. Oh, how long is it going to? That's our biggest enemy is time. You need to make time your friend. And say, time, you're my friend. You're working for me. It's going to take time and I'm going to be your partner in time and we're going to, and at the right time, it's going to manifest itself. Make time your friend instead of your enemy. Amen. God gave us time so that we could manage our lives. You get time so you can quit your foolishness and start getting serious with God. Amen. And so this is why God, God has time for us so that we understand that, that we're not living eternally in this realm. Your eternal life transfers over into the realm of the kingdom. And that's where you're to do all of your living. But Caleb and Joshua, 40 years later, they were still as, they looked as young as they were. They had as much strength as they had. They had as much, uh, uh, get up and go as they had desire to, to receive the promise. You know how some of us are, we get to wait in a long time, say, oh, well, it's too late. The devil loves that. The devil loves that. Billionaires don't talk like that. They get it. You know why? Because they know they got kids left that are going to inherit it. It's never too late for a billionaire to collect another billion. You ever notice that about them people? You ever known them to turn down a good deal or turn down money? They don't do it. Amen. Only <laughs> weak-minded people do that. But we're working on it. Amen. We're working on it. And so God wants us to be as enthusiastic about the things of, 
of, of the kingdom. Uh, now, today, when we first believe, is the last day when we receive it. Amen. Just be as encouraged. Be as, as uh, I would say, expectant. Be thankful. Thanksgiving will get you a lot of places that other things won't. You understand what I'm saying? And the the devil's main tool is to turn us away from Thanksgiving and put us over to complaining. And that's what he did with the ten tribes and their people. Them and all their kinfolk were the complainers. Amen. (laughs) And that's what they did. And what does complaining do? It causes you to repeat your cycle. Cause you to repeat, 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 repeat. What did they do? Kept walking around that same mountain for 40 years. Amen. And they got excited about maintenance miracles. I'm going to say it again. They got excited about maintenance miracles. Know what maintenance is? You you keep paying the same bills every month. You keep paying the same mortgage every month. Amen. And you're waiting for time to go by before you inherit something. Where the person of faith gets their inheritance now. Well, some of y'all believe it. Most of you don't. But hey, that's that's your choice. But a maintenance miracle is your shoes don't wear out. Your clothes grow on you. Those women got pregnant and had babies and wore the same outfit for 40 years and retired in it. Amen. Their clothes grew on them and they shrunk on them. Amen. As you grew, your clothes grew. When you shrunk, your clothes shrunk. Your your soles of your shoes retreaded themselves. Supernaturally. That's a maintenance miracle. Amen. You get miracles all the time. Amen. You, you can get a maintenance one or you can get one, a creative one that puts you, puts a new body part in you, makes you younger every year. And Joshua and Caleb looked at them people and them men got wrinkled and they started getting feeble and they fell down and died and they got stronger and stronger. How'd that happen? God's word preserved them. Every part of them was preserved by the word of God. God's smart enough to figure out if you got to wait 40 years for these people to die so you can get free. He's got sense enough to know you got you've got the right to stay as young as you are and as healthy as you are so you can go in and get what you need. You got me? He knows that. And he arranges for everything. So don't ever sit up and say, well, I'm, I'm too old for this. And I'm, you don't know how old you are as far as what God, God's smart enough to bring youth with him. He brings energy with them. He brings health with him. He brings the whole package deal. Amen. He's not going to give you something that, that takes a lot of energy and you're just crawling around. They're going to like, going to let you fall apart before you get something. Amen. And I'm talking about enjoying it in the spirit. I'm not talking about carnal stuff. You know, people think about that and think, oh, yeah, 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 well, you ain't too old to have sex. We ain't talking about having sex. We're talking about having the energy of God to receive the promise that he has for you. Whatever it is. Get your mind focused on, on things that are above. 
the joy that you can get out of enjoying something because you got enough energy to enjoy it. Amen? And it's not a burden to you. That's what God's talking about. My goodness. There's got to be something more important to people. I mean, come on now, y'all. Let's grow up here and get on God's. These people were getting an inheritance for them and their children, their children's children. They were looking at many generations that are going to be able to live and thrive and flourish. Joshua and Caleb looked at 10, 15 generations all the way down to the birth of Jesus Christ. Because they were carrying that seed in the survival of, of their tribes. Amen. And so when we understand what God's doing, we'll understand how to believe, how to enjoy, how to expect and keep expecting and don't let all these natural things, things drain your enthusiasm, drain your expectation. God knows how to bring you into a place where you can enjoy the things that he's bringing into your life, no matter when they come. So, so if that were me, I'd be quick about believing. If you're so concerned about being too old when you get it, start being quicker about believing God. Amen. Just get to believing. And get to thanking him for it. Get to showing him your faith. Amen. So that those things can be real for you. They can be really real for you. So when, when there, there are some things that we need to do in order though for this word to work for us is this is what you need to do. So the, there, when the word of God is believed, it must be acted upon. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So don't sit back and wonder for 10 years how you're going to act upon the word God has given you. Amen. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, that you've got to, if nothing else, between you and the Holy Ghost, y'all can invent something to do to show him your faith. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I was telling the Lord recently, I said, God, I'm cutting up down here. Now I'm, I'm showing out down here. God, don't you see me, God? Am I wanting it, God? Bring it by here, God. You know, I don't know what else to do to show him, but, but, you know, with my mouth and getting up and doing everything I know to do and blessing him and thanking him and staying in his presence as much as possible. Amen. And, and these are the things you do. You, you seclude yourself with the Lord. And he said, call unto me. What? And I will answer you. What? And show you what? Great and mighty things. What? That you haven't seen before. See, to get something you haven't seen before, you gotta get him to show you something to do you haven't done before. Amen. You won't get the, you won't get the new messing around in the old. Amen. The old wine skin will wreck you. You're not going to pour new wine into an old wine skin. It'll wreck the wine in, in the skin too. You understand me? So you want something new. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and I said, Lord, I believe that every day that Adam and Eve woke up, you showed them something new in the garden. Why, why would I say that? Because there's so much in the word about new and how we're, how we, we, how much we need it. You know, I do a new thing and everybody says, oh wow, God's getting ready to do a new thing, you know, and then we go back to the old stuff and, (laughs) but you got excited for a little minute, didn't you? You got real caught up in it for, for a little bit. 
And I think that excitement in is in your spirit, is not in your flesh. Because your flesh don't believe half of what it reads in the Bible. You got me? Only thing the Bible can do is correct your flesh and make it leave you alone. Amen? And so when we look at the Word of God and you think to yourself, I said, Lord, you know what? You got so many like, like, uh, Lamentations 3. It says, because of the Lord's mercies, His compassion, He's, they're new every morning. And I believe that was a promise they lived in. You know, there was a reality for them, but it's a promise to us. Amen? That we can go to God and expect every morning. Whatever happened yesterday is gone. Guess what? You don't have to live in yesterday, either mistakes or failures or or good things. You don't have to warm up the good things of yesterday. Amen. There's not a whole lot of things that you can cook that are better the second day. You know, pasta is one of them. People say they like leftover pizza, but you lying. You don't like this stuff left over. Huh? Soup sometimes is okay left over, but after a while, you say, you mean I got soup again? That soup ain't gone yet. Yeah, we always want the new. Everybody wants something fresh and new. Whenever you look at a commercial, it's a new product. You look, your eyes are glued to it. Why? New excites us. And God knows it excites us. So his blessings are new. Every We need to expect something new. When you can get up the next morning and, and instead of expecting a hangover, I'm going to have to take a little, I'm looking for some honest people around here. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of expecting, you know, some of y'all was so bad, you know, them hangovers, you sit on the edge of the bed and you don't know if you want to get up, lay back down, huh? so miserable. Then you start thinking about what you did and then you draw a blank and you say, you mean to tell me I don't remember what I did last night? You understand what I'm saying? So we need new. We look for new. New is a blessing. And the best thing about God is everything from yesterday that wasn't cool is forgiven. And in God's eyes, what that means is it never happened. I'm going to say it again. It never happened. Now, you know, you're a little religious. There's still a little bit of religion left in everybody. I can feel him pushing against it. No, you're not going to get out and torment me another day, religion. You leave yourself alone with my thoughts because I know it didn't happen. God said it didn't happen, didn't happen. How can you have no recollection of it? Because it didn't happen. I'm going to say it again. How is it that you can and you shouldn't have any recollection of it because it didn't happen? Been wiped clean. A blood eraser has been applied to it and you are raised up in newness of life. Now, you can fight that and try to hang on to it if you want to, but you're going to have a weak hang on. Because if, if what it, what the devil plans for it is for it to hinder your new walk with God. Hanging on to your old faults 
the purpose of it in Satan's eyes is for you to start repeating your mistakes because you think it's hopeless to try and change. You talk to some of these people, you know, you say, well, you know, what happened to you? You used to be so faithful in church and you seem to enjoy the things of God and now you're walking around on the street, ain't been to church in years and yada, 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 yada. If anybody's real, real honest with you, they'll tell you, well, you know, I just couldn't get over the fact that I had done this, that, and the other. And I started thinking about it all the time. Then the devil convinced me that I couldn't do any better and I went back to doing it again. As a man thinketh in his heart. So you got to change your, that's why the Bible says you've got to get transformed. I mean, there's work to do when you come into the kingdom. And most of it is on you. Amen? You have work to do on you. Spend time in that word renewing yourself to who you really are, not to who you used to be. If you reckon that person dead, if you add up everything and say you's a dead person, you don't live in me anymore. Amen? Everything added up, added up to you is dead. The devil said, no, you did this. and You didn't know that person's dead. I reckon them dead. I've added that up and they's dead. They don't live anymore. I'm not letting them. God's not letting them. And I'm siding with God. That person is dead, don't live anymore. And don't spend any time having a funeral for it or grieving for it or wishing you could have it back again. Some Christians are crazy enough to wish they could go back to sinning. Mr. Barbie, <laughs> that couldn't be true. Them nice things. Yeah, right. Huh? That's how a lot of them get out in the world. They get jealous of what they see sinners do. Feasting their eyes on sinners too long could put you right in their company. Write that down. Be considering what them people do. You died to that. It's not interesting to you anymore. By faith. Amen. So. uh, Where was I? (laughs) But God's word. Preserves our life. Amen. Keeps us living. Keeps us strong. Keeps us in faith. We said faith is in action. So when, when God's word comes to you. The first thing you've got to do. Is say yes to it. You know. Now. Y'all, everybody nodding, amen, amen, amen. But how many of y'all really do that? Especially when stuff comes to you, you don't really just savor. No, no, I don't like that so much. (laughs) Understand what I'm saying? Say yes anyway. See, this is where we make our mistakes. Something that don't fit in with our plan about what we want to do with our time right now. We always put it off. And see, to get to your next step in your plan is encased in that word that you're not saying yes to. You got it sitting out here when you need to embrace it. You know, God showed me that a long time ago. He said, when I offer you something, you say yes to it right away. Yeah, you're a little baby of yours. You don't need to have a tantrum. Have a fit. Amen? 
It's tight, but it's right, saints. God is not to be put off. You mean to tell me you got all these needs down here and you go sit up and wonder if, if you want to say yes to God or not? Just a thought. Huh? You need to get quiet. You need to think about it. You need to think about all the times you read the word and just got up and, no, that was a good word. Did you say yes to it? Did you embrace it? Did you thank God for it? Did you say, God, thank you for that word. I want that to come into my life. I mean, he's talking to you. He's offering you these things that you read in the word of God. Amen? So if you haven't been doing it, start doing it. And see what God will open up to you. Most of the things we reject because we don't get excited because we want to do stuff now. See, our now, our now vision of where we're supposed to be is very different from where God sees us right now. And because we don't see ourselves in the same spot that he does right now, then we'll reject what he has for us right now. But you can't see into the root of it and see that that thing you just anxious for and egging for and, and can't live without and be glad when you get it and all that stuff is in there. It's in what he's offering you right now. I'm going to say it again. Y'all trying to go to sleep on me. I said he's. it's in what he's offering you right now. It's in there. It's in the seed of what he's giving you. You think he's crazy enough to use hunkering for something and he's going to give you something else and not satisfy that longing you have right now? Is he that mean? Jesus said, if you're being evil, know how to get good gifts to your kids. What do you think your daddy up in heaven is doing for you? God would have a mutiny you wouldn't be able to maintain if he didn't give something to these craving kids. They always whining for something. Amen. And and it's packaged up in, in spiritual wrapping. That's why our flesh can't can't grab onto it. So that's where faith in God and the goodness of God has to come in. You got to understand that God is good and it's wrapped up in something that looks like it ain't there. It's disguised so that you won't reject it. The devil can't steal it. And God knows how to bring it to pass. So you got to trust him. He put most of the stuff we want, he put in our hearts. But we have no strength to, to bring it to pass. So he's got to take it back and wrap it in a package where he can work with it so you won't mess it up, number one. And you won't squander it, number two. And it won't come into your life out of sequence so you can't manage it, number three. Well, if that's a revelation, start writing some of this stuff down, y'all. Quit looking at me like I fell out of the sky. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't just appear. I'm not no some alien telling y'all in a foreign language. It's English I'm talking. I think it's English. Uh, praise God. You know, I mean, it's we've got so much stuff God set aside for us, but we won't say yes to it because it don't look like what we want.
you know, women see a lot of men and imagine themselves walking down the aisle with every man they pass by and the one they pass up, that's the one because he don't look like who he is right now. Thanks, Miss Donna. Appreciate it. Thank you. Amen. We got to understand if, if we're asking God and praying for stuff, he's answering us. Amen. I mean, he is answering us. And he's telling us exactly what to do. Start thanking him for it. Bless his name. Get excited about it. Well, God, I don't know if you answer me. Get excited anyway. Stay excited. And that's, there's stuff to be excited about. There's stuff, that, like Oral Roberts say, there's miracles coming and going all the time in the realm of the spirit. You need to at least get, get excited for the traffic flow in your lane. Even if it's passing by your house. Ooh, look at that. I, you mean my neighbor just got that, oh Lord, that looks good over there. Mm, be excited. Just watch some traffic and get excited. Amen. So faith is action. We've got to, it starts with your confession. You gotta say yes to God. That's how you got saved. And that's how you get everything else you need from God, by saying yes to Him. And not refusing anything. Because refusal is costly. It costs something. It's a price we don't want to have to pay. Amen? You never know what it is when you're refusing it. You don't want to experience it. So don't, don't refuse anything. God opens a door for you to get some learning, get some understanding, to be able to pray, to exercise your, your, your spirit a little bit more. Walk through that door. Amen. Walk through that door while you can walk. <laughs> like the old folk tell you, they will wheel you in here one day. You understand what I'm saying? Just let us just be reasonable here. Is something in it for you? It's not always an inconvenience. Amen. There's something in it for you. Amen. So ideas and thoughts that are not acted upon die unfulfilled. We said that before. Any confession that you make that's, that's errant, that's of the flesh, as long as you don't act on it, you don't start thanking God for it, trying to pray for it, and get up and do something to bring it into your life, it will die unfulfilled. The things that we act upon with our faith, faith that comes, the faith of the Son of God, is what God honors. So there is first your confession. Whenever you desire something from God, you must first confess it, either ask for it, thank God for it, however your faith moves you to respond to it. It's what you do. And then there's a corresponding action. You've got to act like you expect it to happen. See, your corresponding action is something you do that causes you to act like you expect it to happen. Amen? Women who are having babies, they get hysterical if they don't have a nursery. When they, you know, get the little test, the little test comes back positive, they start getting all crazy because the nursery ain't there yet. Why? Because they're expecting something real. To them, that baby is right there right now, you know, and, and all of that. And it's a good thing because I believe that helps the pregnancy to go along unhindered, un, untroubled, un, you understand what I'm saying, on everything. 
you will find many times women who who have babies that that don't make it or something like that there's been some denial of it along the way you know you you look at some of these women that they're they're you read them in the newspaper you know they had the baby alive and left it in the bathroom or something like thank god the baby survived some of them the babies died and then were found born alive later by do you understand what i'm saying those cases and the woman will say something like this well i wasn't showing nobody knew i was pregnant i just bought a little bit bigger clothes or something like that i always wore sloppy sweatshirts whatever they say so they deny the existence See, you cut your faith off. Faith is very powerful. I mean, even natural faith. That's why God gives us natural faith. When you start using your natural faith for a new life, God steps in and starts taking over. You got me? That's why it's good when when you see those women that, that are getting ready to go in them abortion clinics, those people out there praying for them to stop and think. You know, stop and think before you go in there. Don't just go in there without thinking. Stop and think. And many of them turn around to change their minds. You got me? And so, so this is, faith is very, very real as far as corresponding action. Amen. To receive that promise. When you plant a garden, you, you get some tools, you get some fertilizer, you get some soil, you get all the things that you need. God provides a sun. You gotta put some water in there. But those are corresponding actions because you'll see nothing but dirt and something, maybe some green sticking up out of there. You got me? What is that? I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Now I can recognize the leaf. That's corn. That ain't corn. That's a leaf with a stem. Amen. Why are you calling it corn? Because it's corn. It's coming up. I planted corn. That's corn. You understand? We can do the same thing with what we're believing God for. We call those things that be not as though they are all the time. You know, when, when your children are little, you know, you see them, you know, some, some of these little kids, they get to, you, you tell them something, they say, why? You try to answer the question, they get, well, why? Well, what's that about? Yeah, it's so, God, I call him forth as a lawyer in the name of Jesus. He will get the worst criminals exonerated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for my lawyer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what do parents do? They get frustrated and say, shut up, boy. Go sit down with something. You had a chance to call him forth as something. Huh? You got to look at it spiritually. Everything you got to look at with the eyes of the spirit. If nothing else, ask God sometimes, God, why is this one kid of mine? Y'all know the ones I'm talking about. The little rough ones, you always getting them out of a tree somewhere and they, you know, <laughs> emergency room bills is piling up, you know. Uh, that's probably a professional driver or you, you understand an astronaut, whatever it is, a little risk taker. They're not, they have more they have more confidence than fear. So you got to make sure that gets channeled the right way. God didn't make a mistake putting that kid in your house. Amen. 
And so, so you've got to understand what God's doing. You've got to start, we've got to start looking at this. The words that we see in the Bible are not a mystery to us. It's just a new application. But you can relate it to things that you know about. Amen. Always make her stop that baby. That's a distraction. Amen. Go to sleep, shorty. You always sleep on me. Welcome you awake now. <laughs> All of a sudden, she got to wake up on Sunday. With a red belt back there waving it around. Come on, shorty. You know better. You know we don't play that game. Amen. So our example then is our father Abraham. He believed God and went and did what God told him to do immediately. Paul, the apostle, look at all he was able to do with a very, very horribly bad reputation. He said, when the call of God came to me, I immediately did not confer with flesh and blood. In other words, I didn't ask not one soul what they thought about what God told me. And good for him, because you know what they would have done. They'd have talked him out of it. They'd have told him about all his past. They'd have, you get God can't use you. Look at what you've done. He said, I was smart enough to keep it to myself and just pray. (laughs) And God began to reveal to him mysteries, more mysteries than any of the apostles of the apostles that ever walked with Jesus. The ones that walked with him while he was on the earth didn't get as much revelation as Paul did. Interesting that, amen? That means we can get that much and more. So Abraham believed God and he immediately had corresponding action. He obeyed what God told him to do. He didn't mull it over. He didn't seek confirmation. We need to immediately believe God and obey his word. And there is a reason for it. That the word has life-preserving properties in it. So if we believe and set out to obey God's word immediately, it will preserve us until that word comes to pass. In other words, you will see it come to pass. Amen? The word of God contains properties in it that should not be compressed, they should not be ignored, and they should not be uh, uh, ignored you know, suppressed in any way. It has light in it. John 1, 4 says the word in him was light. And in John 4 says it has life. So that light and life, this is why you obey the word of God and embrace it. Because it's got light in it. That means that the devil won't get the ups on you. You won't dwell in darkness. In other words, everybody in your neighborhood have a power outage, but because you embrace the word, your lights will be on. You live in Goshen all the time. It's never dark in your house. Amen? Always comes back on. I can remember a time my whole street was out, and I didn't even know it. I mean, seriously. Amen? Everybody's house was dark, and I, I had light in there, and I looked out there. I said, God, it's awful dark out there. He said, look on your phone. I don't even listen to that phone. You know, them little alerts, they have, he, me, 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 you know, they tell me we working on it. I said, well, thank you, because everybody else will have some light, too. So I prayed for my neighbors. See, you don't you don't take credit for that yourself. You don't let your flesh feel special. Amen. I pray, Lord, light up everybody. I ask you to get everybody's lights on. Amen. 
Cause I don't want them coming to my house sitting out here plugging into my house. I got too many outlets on the side of my house. I don't want them getting courageous and stepping over here, you know. But there is light and life in God's word. Every time you believe the word of God, you take more life on the inside of you. More life. More life. And this life is not natural life that is going to die at one time. It's eternal life. This is going to live forever. And it's going to do more things for you than you know. Once you start focusing on it and get it inside of you. John seventeen seventeen says, thy word is truth. So when you embrace the word of God, you embrace truth in your inward parts. Not truth in your head that will fly out in a minute, amen, but truth in your inward parts. So, so once you embrace the word of God, say God gives you a prophecy and he tells you he, he's, he's getting, setting you up to be taken care of for the rest of your life. Amen. And, and he'll do that. And he's done that with all of us. If it hasn't happened, then claim it. Amen. You are set up to be taken care of for the rest of your life in Jesus name. And don't sit up there and try to think about what you don't have. Devil. I've caught you just that quick. All these investigative, inquiring minds want to know, shut up. You don't apprise God with your mind. You get in with your spirit. Cut that mind game out. Amen. He says his word is truth. So when you embrace God's word, you embrace truth. Amen. Psalm 119.89, his word is settled in heaven. That's the highest place where you could could lodge an argument against God's word. It's settled in heaven. Amen. It it really really is. So that's John seventeen seventeen. Did you find it yet, brother? <laughs> Down there fiddling with them thumbs. Amen. I'll put you back there with Shorty. <laughs> Praise God. Stay with 1717 now. We, that's where we at now. Thy word is truth. Amen. So, so what you need to understand is that the truth of God's word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119.89. So God does not dispute his own word and he does not argue with anybody his word because it's already settled. Once something's settled, you don't have to argue it anymore. It's like the gavel comes down. The case is closed. Amen. It's been settled. It's over. So there's no more arguing God's word. Amen. Anybody who tries to argue God's word is going to either wind up in confusion or just utterly amazed. You know, in God's mercy will cause them to be amazed so that they can embrace the word. Confusion will will wind up in them being shut out from the word and never being able to find the truth. You see, that's how people in these cults are. That's how atheists are. They start arguing the word of God. There was a man of God that that most of you probably know, Carlton Pearson. I'll tell you because he he's on social media everywhere else. He had one of the fast. He God gave him a lot of firsts. In his life. He was one of the first uh, minority students at Oral Roberts University. 
the only African-American on his board of directors after he graduated there. He had the first interracial spirit-filled church, pretty much, I don't know, any of its size, I would say that. It was a mega church. And he had all of these blessings and giftings coming from God. He made those, uh, he, he prayed for revival and he started having those Azusa uh, conferences where they would try and revive all the old spirit moves of the spirit and that kind of stuff. He was moving in God. And then all of a sudden he wakes up to some thought that tells him that God's mean for sending people to hell. And a good God would not, he started to question the goodness of the God that he saw evidence of his goodness right there in his life. So don't say a little errant thought, it won't bear any fruit. Folks, you need to cast that down. Anything that comes against the word of God, the Bible gives us firm, strict instructions on how to do that. Casting down imaginations, thoughts. Any thought that will argue against the settled word of God. God's word's already settled and you crazy enough to argue against it. It's really settled by his blood. And you start arguing against the blood. I'm going to tell you right now, that's an argument you'll never win. Because the blood has too much evidence that he's real and what he's done will last forever. How are you going to argue something like that? And you start accusing the blood and arguing and see if you won't be confused. You'll wind up the loser. He lost his church. I don't know. His family's probably still with him. I don't know about that. Lost all the people that were following him. Been discredited. Now he's ordaining homosexuals. He's going around to all these fringe places trying to make a name for himself. Why? Because when you can argue the word of God, everybody else who argues the word of God will embrace you. And that will keep you confused. And powerful men of God loved him and tried to restore him and counsel him, but he didn't receive it. When you get smarter than God, you in trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get so smart, you can argue the word of God, you're in trouble. Because it's already settled in heaven. That means it'll cast down every argument. Once God puts his foot on something's neck, it stays down. Say it again. Once God puts his foot on something's neck, it stays down. It don't get up no more. Because his word's already settled in heaven. Amen. Anybody think they smart enough to challenge that, go at it. In fact, I pray you don't. I pray God's mercy will cause you to respect his word and respect that he's God and he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. So the only thing left to do is to bow to that. You know, once once he lets you know he's it and he's done it, and if you receive it, you're on good terms, and if you don't receive it, you're not on good terms, I'd go for it telling you definitely would so his word one psalm psalm 119 89 you got it brother is settled in heaven <laughs> yeah that word started sounding good to you and won't fishing around no more it's settled in heaven though amen you need to understand that it is settled in heaven that's the one place you need to have it settled why because we go to heaven for what we need 
And if we see a promise in the word that we desire, go to where it's already given, where it's settled. Don't go to where it's argued. Religious people argue the word all the time. You'll find somebody who's in religion that will try to give you an excuse for why God is not going to do it in your situation. Amen. It's all your case is already settled. You've been to the court of heaven one time and that was when you got saved. You, you appeared there once and you were, uh, your case was adjudicated to your uh, favor. Amen. You were born again. And you were given continual, you got a hall pass to get in heaven anytime you want to. You don't have to keep asking for it. Just apply the blood to your situation. You ever feel you're on the outs with God? Confess your sins. The Bible says faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Well, I don't think I sinned. Do it anyway. Shut up. Anybody ask you what you thought? Look at your situation. What do you think is make you separated from God but sin? And John already said, if you say you haven't sinned, you're lying. The truth ain't in you. So cut it out. All these perfect people. You that perfect, you don't need God. It's funny, all the perfect people don't have much. But religion, a bunch of talk. You know what I'm saying? They don't have much. It's all those us, us uh slobbering, snorting, nose-blowing, weeping people. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> His word is from everlasting to everlasting. It's eternally settled. Amen. No argument with it from anywhere. Heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word abides forever. So when what you're standing on is is gone, you're going to be alive. Because his word is keeping you alive. Amen. His word is holding you up. His word abides forever. You must believe that the word is greater than anything. Especially whatever is messing with you, opposes you, or challenges the word of God. The word of God is greater. I don't care if you don't know a scripture to make that real to you. You got to believe that God is greater. That means his word is greater. Amen. You know, I've had the devil say stuff to me and I say, I bind you. I say, I'm gonna, and in a minute, I'm going to find it in the scripture where I got, where I can bind you. <laughs> Go get him your book later. You understand what I'm saying? But just stand on the fact that the word of God is greater. Amen. Some people say, well, well, what's it? What? Give me, give me a scripture. No, you go find one. Well, I got to give you everything. I got it already. You go get it. Amen. <laughs> so God will come to your aid and rescue even if you don't know much word. The fact that you know him. <laughs> Amen. That's the important thing. And he lives in you. You can't get better than that. You can't get closer than that. You can't get a better friend than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. In Proverbs 4, turn there, we'll talk about the word. And the effect that it has on you, your body, your mortal body. We ain't talking about once you get to heaven. 
We're talking about your mortal body, the one that will die one day, but that what God is keeping alive and actually keeping well as long as you're here. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. says here, my son, pay attention to my words. Amen. Incline your ear to my sayings. So that's twice he said it. Pay attention. Stretch your ear out. Amen. You know how some people, (laughs) I should say this. You ever been around people? They nosy. You can tell when they listening in on your conversation. Uh That's what he talking about. Your nosy self. Put your nosy self in this. Amen. Stretch your ear and stretch your neck over. You know, they try to pretend like they ain't listening, but that little little action will come on them at some point. But what he's saying is stretch out into this. When my word starts to be spoken, when you get read my word in your Bible, stretch out on it. Stretch into it. Incline your ear. Pay close attention to my sayings and he says hold on to them don't let them depart from your eyes in other words this ain't no no uh temporary thing this ain't no fad this isn't something that's going to come and go in other words hold on to this one because this one's worth something some of that other stuff you can let it fly on by but this you got to pay attention to i'll tell you why because it's worth it amen and he says it here don't let them depart from your eyes you know, you, when we believe in God for something, you can't beat us throwing scriptures up. <laughs> they on the lamp, on the mirror, you know, got them everywhere, all around, on the refrigerator, refrigerator, don't even look like a refrigerator, look like a post-it factory, post-it note factory. Amen. Got all the scribble on there. Some of it faded away where you had it on there, was rubbing on it, looking at it years ago. It's them faded now. Amen. But you still got it up there. It's still up there. You're still keeping it in front of your eyes. Amen. No, I'm I'm bragging on us. Because this is obedience to this scripture. There's a blessing to keep it in front of your eyes. Amen. You can get blessed a lot of ways from the word of God. Meditate on it. Write it down. Keep it in front of your eyes. Post it up there so you can see it. Post it so your family can see it. I don't care if ain't none of them saved but you. That's what gets them saved. Post it so they devils can read it. Them devils start reading them scriptures. They say, oh, I know all this was up in here. I thought this kid was going to be easy. Well, let's go down the street then. You got me? Make them leave your kid alone with what's posted in your house. Keep it in front of your eyes. In other words, read it every day. Read it several times a day. God, I forgot what I was reading. Let me go grab my Bible again. Let me go put it up here so I can see it. See, if there's things like that where you start meditating on the word and it escapes you, you need to go get it again. Because there's something in your head that's trying to fight it. You need to win the battle. Amen. Learn how to win the battle. Let that word win out. Let that word start to grow on the inside of you. The Bible says it says here, don't let it depart from your eyes. In other words, don't read it once and put it away and think you got it all. 
Amen. Most of us don't know how to read, you know, how to spell V in, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the King James is good, so you go back and look at it again. It got all, all them these and thous in there with it and the thithith and thithith. I don't even know if I read what I read. Amen. It's, it's a good thing. Go back, read it again. And if you really like it, go get you another translation so you can understand it better. You know, whatever you do. But don't let it, don't read it once and put it away. It's life. If you have something that brings life to you, you want to feast on it all the time. Amen. You want life flowing into you continually. So the word of God is is actually life-giving, life-preserving. So if you find life oozing away from you, you can go get in the word again and bring it back and refresh yourself in your life. Get the life force working for you as much as possible. It says, why do you, he said, and keep it in the midst of your heart. In other words, meditate on it until it gets into the core of you. Because if it gets in there, it's evicting some stuff that don't belong there. You got me? You only got so much room in your heart. You can't keep evil and and good in there at the same time. So the word comes in to throw stuff out that shouldn't be there. You know, pretty soon you lose your desire for a lot of things you think you you really had to have. You got me? And, And your desire is only for the word. And that's it. And it says here, why keep it in the midst of your heart? Because it brings life to those that find them. What, what is that word? Find them is everything. What does that mean? That means that you you're doing this. You know that this sums up verse twenty one, twenty two. Amen. Twenty and twenty one is Psalm summed up in twenty two. You got it in front of your eyes. You keep it in the midst of your heart. And it's bringing life to you when it gets in your heart. And you keep it in front of your eyes. Don't let yourself forget that you're healed. Don't let yourself forget that you've already prospered. You're not looking for prosperity. And you can't work for it. Now the law of sowing and reaping will work for anybody on anything. You want more good things from God? You sow more good things. Not just one thing, but good things. More than one. You know, spread your giving out. Give give of your time. Give of your substance. Give of your words. Give of, you know, pray for people. All that, that works towards your prosperity, folks. Everything works for it for you. And don't be stingy with the Benjamins. You understand what I'm saying? Don't hold on to them because you, you think it's too much to be given. I've been there. You know, that's a hurdle you got to cross. Everybody has to cross that. You know, tithing is easy as long as you make a certain amount. But when you get another digit on there, you think, oh, my goodness. Don't act don't act like that with me. Don't give me that nonsense. Because everybody reacts in shock when they got to increase what they're giving out. Huh? You know, women think they do too much for their husband. God said do some more. <laughs> you know, that devil start coming out snorting and growling and all that and the holy ghost goes wait a minute sister oh wait 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 i'm gonna help you with that because god knows your heart he knows you think you do too much for that brother already 
That's why he tell you do some more. Don't tell me I'm lying because I've been there. I had to live it. With a man that said he wanted to divorce me. Ah, Pastor Barb, that couldn't be true. That nice man, hmm. They don't come like that. They come like the one you married to. That you're thinking about leaving. If I blessed you, say amen. <laughs> let me see. Where was I? Ah, yes. Don't let the word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Amen. Why? Because it's life and health and medicine. That means if, if you've already got life and you're doing good, get more life. If you already got health and, and you don't need it anymore, get more health. Store up some health for a rainy day. Amen? And if you're sick, it'll make you well because it's got medicine in it. Amen? So it's got everything that you need in one package, which means you don't have to go shopping for a whole bunch of stuff. Amen? You know how the natural realm, now the natural realm is limited and fragmented. Very much so. Natural understanding, science, all that, it's very limited. And you can prove that because if something goes wrong with your heart, you can't go to a foot doctor to get it fixed, right? Something go on with your eyes, you can't go to a heart doctor to get that fixed, right? So natural understanding is this is the only thing you can get that takes care of everything. One stop shopping. Your eyes is bad getting the word. Your hearing's trying to leave getting the word. Huh? Yo you broke, busted and disgusted. <gasps> it's a bad confession. Oh, excuse me. You're in want and it's temporary. Whatever. Huh? <laughs> the honest person will take broke, busted, and disgusted. Let's work on that. You understand what I'm saying? It fixes that. You got one-stop shopping in the Word of God, which is a blessing. Because you don't have to go here, there, and everywhere. Huh? Everybody got a deductible on these services. Used to be you could just go to a doctor and pay $5 and come out and everybody was happy. Got a little prescription. That was $3. Yeah, right, right. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you all. Thank all you young people. They sounded like that's a joke. That was my life when I was growing up as a kid. You can go to any doctor. You can get a tooth pull for $3. If you could find a dentist sober. I know all y'all went to him. He's on 105th and what was that? 105th. But, but he was Miss, Miss Victoria. Do you remember that? Engineer Victoria. <laughs> you go in there and he had more alcohol on him than you could get to, to numb yourself to take your, get your tooth out. But he yanked that tooth and packed it and you left on out of there. You felt ever so much better. Amen? Well, this is one-stop shopping. You don't have to go everywhere. You don't have to, in other words, let me put it this way. You don't have to know a lot of scripture to stay healthy, to stay healed, any of that stuff. 
you know, I, we were in a church and, and people tried to act like they were spirit filled and they were, they were recycled, you know, whatever, whatever, but they weren't spirit filled people. But, but there was nobody sick in that church. We had, you know, a couple hundred people in there in that congregation and the pastor was barely you know what he was called and anointed, but he wasn't real what I would say real deep in healing or anything like that. But people stayed stayed healthy. Amen. We didn't have a sick list until way down the line. Why? Because there's healing and keeping up with the herd. That's why the Bible tells you not to forsake assembling. You don't know what, what God'll pour out on a congregation when they get in, in his presence. And people worship God and they, they, you know, they had good praise and worship in there. Amen. They just didn't, after that was over, they just didn't let the Holy Ghost do nothing. If you got it, you just got it. Because you wanted it, I guess. But if there was no altar call where you could just come up, you know, there's a call for salvation all the time, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And that was good. But there was nothing to minister healing to anybody, but people stayed well. Why? Because they, they believe the word of God that was being preached. And there's a covering under the fivefold wherever we get together. There's stuff even a preacher doesn't know is going on. And that's a blessing. Some of them, if they knew it was going on, they try to stop it. I didn't say that. I said that in my handkerchief. But anyway, amen. So this word continually brings life all the time. I remember sharing the word with, with a person that, that had cancer. They were very ill. And whenever we would, I would go by there and, and just share with them, their face would light up, their countenance would change. You could see the life going into them, but they didn't hold on to it. So you gotta, you gotta constantly feed this if you're gonna get up off of a sick bed. But their mind was so filled with what the doctor said. See, you got competition for this word. Competition comes from the other kingdom, kingdom of darkness. Amen. And and doctors mean well, but they're limited. You got to go now to the unlimited source. And God knows where you are. He He knows that. If you don't get help soon, they say you're going to die. He knows that. I don't see anything in the word that says you. this word is health and medicine, but it stops working when they say you're going to die. It works all the time. You got to just have confidence in the word, folks. You're, you know, we this word has to be, you, you're, you get tested. When this word comes into you, it's tested by what you believe. It's tested by the natural. It's tested by doubt and unbelief. It, it you're, you're not being tested because there's something wrong with you. Or God don't want you to have nothing bad enough. He don't want you to have it as bad as you want it. If you only knew. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's being tested because that's what happens when the word goes forth. It gets tested. There's a challenge to it everywhere, in your mind, in your heart, in your thinking, in your surroundings, in what you play on television. That's why you need to turn it off. In YouTube, too, 
in Facebook. Turn it Instagram. Turn it all off. Amen. And get yourself in the word. Amen. Get yourself in a secret place where God can minister one-on-one to you. And that word can go in and challenge what's already in there. But your that word is challenged everywhere. It's tested everywhere. And guess what? It comes up victorious every single time. It wins every single time. Why? Because it's already won. It's settled in heaven. Did we say that? It's already settled in heaven. And that's the final court where a decision is made in heaven. If you've got something that's settled up there, grab onto it with everything that's in you. Don't let it go. That's what this psalm, this what, that's what Proverbs 4 is saying. Grab onto this with everything you got and don't let it go. We gotta get serious about it. Don't be so casual about, why read my scriptures today? Read some more. You didn't get to the good part yet. Whatever. You know, people always got an answer for everything. I read my, I read my, I tried that with God one time and he said, you never get to the end of what I got to show you. He be showing us stuff when we get to heaven. He's all these know-it-alls down here. Their minds get blown. People say they've seen people in heaven when they first get there and their eyes stretched open. They just looking around. They can't believe everything they see. Amen. It's a marvel and a wonder. Everything about God is marvelous and wonderful. So we marvel and wonder. You got marvelous and wonderful look living on the inside of you. Amen. You, if, I mean, <laughs> don't be so casual about everything. You know what I'm saying? Marvelous. You need to ask God, God, can, can you call some marvelous up out of me? today for me to enjoy I got your word hidden in my heart and I'm thanking you I'm meditating on your word can you show me something marvelous today he'll show you something you think he don't want to show you stuff he's been waiting for you to get an inkling at how great he is you'll see people reaching for you know Poor worldly people just reaching for something to to hang on to to encourage them. Amen. I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. You know. These people are reaching for something. They know that they have potential. They're trying to convince their opponent they're bigger than what they are. But But there's a sense in all humanity that there is much more to us than we can see. It's much more to us than meets the eye. Before you ask God to show you who your intended is, show him who you are. Show you who you are. The more you find out about you, the more you can believe for greater things for him. For him. Amen? Let him start showing you you. What's inside of you. Hide the word in your heart and let that start develop. Let him start bringing that out of you. Because if you don't, if you don't hide it inside of you, it'll start to manifest and you'll start fighting it. It's the truth. Have you ever mentioned to somebody something that, that God gives you to sense about thing and you tell them to it and they say, nah, that, yeah, yeah. Stop doing that. Whenever you find that rising up and you smack it down. Because people are trying to draw out of you what they perceive to be on the inside of you. 
many times. And I'm not talking about save people all the time. God will reveal you to anybody so they can help you to, to accept who you really are. You got me? And he'll start to draw things out of you, and you'll start to fight them. People will say, well, you know what? You do that really well. You should do, no, I'm not interested. I want to do so-and-so. Quit fighting who you are. Quit fighting the encouragement God is sending to you. Quit fighting everything. And see, we think we're being modest or all this false humility, and you're so desperate for some encouragement. And God knows it, and sometimes he'll reveal that to other people. And then when it comes to you, you want to fight it. Quit fighting everything that's good that comes to your ears. Amen? Start start developing some of that. And don't put it on so high a pedestal that you think it's too good for everybody. Start developing it and giving it away. You got me? You have a starving artist sale or something. You know what I'm saying? Just start creating some things and start blessing people with them. Quit fighting everything all the time. Because God wants to reveal to us. That word of God will reveal to us who we are. We're supposed to know first. You see these people on Facebook and talking about uh my husband the king and my wife the queen. That lasts until you get mad at her. Or him. It dries up real quick, don't it? King so-and-so, queen so-and-so. Why? Because it's not true. It's a lie from hell and something you made up to try and say it sound religious and smart, whatever you're trying to imitate. Cut it out. Go talk to God. I never was so moved in my life. I went to a, 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 a conference where the Timberlakes were preaching. This was after Matt Timberlake had that surgery. And, you know, he could speak and everything. He was very, very thin. Before that, he was a very robust, tall, handsome man. But he was still good looking, And but his spirit was the greatest thing about him at that time. And he started preaching, and he said, I began to pray. I got down on my knees and prayed to God. And when he got on his knees, everybody started crying. And I mean, you, there was not a dry. He said, I began to pray and ask him, God, how do I love your daughter? Not my wife, your daughter. And people started to listen because you don't address your anything to God. God, these are your children. How do I love them? How do I parent them? God, this man is your son. Puts a whole different slant on things when you ain't possessing nothing. And you've got God's permission to love that person. And the stuff he revealed, you could see if people could write, they wrote. And the ones that couldn't write just got a handkerchief and kept it up to their eyes the whole time. I'm talking about men and women. And he began to reveal how you approach God about people. Your husband, your wife, whoever it is. How do you approach God? They belong to him first. And you're just seeking to know how to love them. Not how to get them to give you stuff. Get up off your knees if that's all you want. If you ain't figured out how in the natural to get something out of your husband, you you got to go back to 
female tricks 102 or 001. That's what they do in the unreal colleges. Let me shut up before I offend somebody. You understand what I'm saying? But this is not how to get nobody to give you nothing or do nothing for you. People aren't your pets. Perform tricks for you. Take stuff from. And people that ain't real smart smart to spot you a mile away. So you might as well keep it moving. That's all you want. You understand what I'm saying? But God wants us to, to get what we get from his word. His word preserves your life. His word will lead you, lead you to what is going to be life-giving in you. Amen. You want a spouse? Stay in the word. That's where they are. They ain't out in the streets nowhere. I got news for you. And they ain't rushing up behind you nowhere either. Do you understand what I'm saying? It'll be the time and the place when God decides and not before. So you're going to have to trust God on this one, folks. You have to trust him on everything. Amen. Because he's trustworthy. Amen. Praise God. I'll stop. Father, we <laughs> thank you, Lord, for your word. You see, preachers can preach forever. As people, you know, if you got a, a guest spot and you give the mic to the preacher, it's over. So we, most of us preachers know better, so we don't make that mistake. But anyway. But Lord, we thank you for what you've given to us today. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us and keeping us in your will. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word, your holy will that blesses us 